You are listening to Innovators Can Laugh with Eric Melcher, where I dive into the interesting and fascinating stories of innovators and startup founders from Europe. Let's dive in. All right. My guest today is Lucas Kaminskis, co-founder and CEO of Turing College, which helps people learn skills related to data science. And when a student graduates, instead of a diploma, the student gets a job. I love that. Hey, welcome to the show, Lucas. How are you doing today? I'm great. Hi, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, no, excited to have you. Excited to have you. Uh, you know, as usual, I like to start off by getting to know uh, you a little bit better. So I'm going to ask you some quirky questions. The first one is, uh, does pineapple belong on pizza, Lucas? Uh, like, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> so pineapple doesn't belong to pizza, so for sure. <laughs> All right. My personal opinion. Okay. <laughs> I like you already. We That means we can be friends. Uh, that's, that's a good... Right, right answer right there. Okay. What's a favorite song? Yeah, yeah. What's a favorite song uh, that you can listen to over and over again, Lucas, without growing tired? Uh, I'm listening mostly techno, deep house, or uh, uh, African techno, Afro techno. So uh, there are a lot of songs. Uh, I would say there's one particular, which is... Uh, Russian DJs called Simple Symmetry, and they have really good mix called Do Your Ex. <laughs> Sounds interestingly, but yeah, it's super nice. So I'm, I'm listening to that <laughs> a lot. Did you did you get into this after a breakup? I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, for yeah, like th that's true. <laughs> I don't know the subconscious mind that that liked that song, but yeah, it, uh, that that happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay when you get a chance after this if you could send me a link uh to somewhere i can listen to some of it i'm curious to check it out okay for sure All right. yeah <laughs> okay um okay so another question for you lucas when you were a kid you know maybe six seven eight years old what did you consider was rich when you were growing up uh if to be precise, I'm trying to remember, uh, but I guess there were several moments that I reflected on, you know, what it really means. And so I was playing a lot of video games at that moment. Uh, like not when I was five, six, but like more like when I was 10. And I remember that, uh, it was hard to buy memberships because parents basically weren't giving money for you to do that. <laughs> so, uh, I was thinking that kids my age uh, who have that uh, basically uh, capacity to buy memberships on specific games yeah. called the RuneScape <laughs> are rich because that, you know, is something unachievable in my mind. Uh, uh, that was unachievable uh, on my mind at that moment. Yeah, no, interesting. Same here. I mean, back in my day, Nintendo games used to be $40, $50. And, uh, you know, my, my parents, they got me maybe one. And then, the, mm -hmm. you know, two weeks later, I would ask for another one. And they were like, no. <laughs> so if you had more Nintendo <laughs> games, I, yeah, yeah. I thought, man, that kid was, was kind of rich. Okay. Next question for you. When did you get your first car and what was it? Uh, my first car was Audi and I got, and I was, uh, yeah, 18 years old, like several days before I was turning 19. 
Uh, and uh, it was uh, six years ago, so not so, you know, <laughs> uh, late news in, in that sense. Uh, yeah, I've still got this card, <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, it's not, not, not something artificial <laughs> to remember. Yeah, no, that's a good car. If it's still on the road, still working six years, not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. Okay. Other question for you, Lucas. What's something that people don't know about you and they won't find out on your LinkedIn profile? There are many micro, uh, micro facts, uh, but I would say one interesting is uh, that uh, like I was, like there's several, several images, but one of them is that I was playing clarinet uh, when I was in a, uh, I mean, I was a kid and I so like graduate high, uh, musical school. So this is one fact that is uh, interestingly not known for all of my friends. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I was dancing professionally for 10 years as per dance. So this is another fact that is uh, sometimes overwhelming for my friends, <laughs> uh, new friends. But very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still play the clarinet? Do you still have it? No, I, I still have passion for music. Uh, I'm now DJing uh, and uh, I started doing this last year uh, as, as COVID hit and, uh, you know, the experiences and skills that we have in past uh, sometimes turns in the shapes that are, you know, some somehow similar. So like clarinet playing now is uh, analogy of clarinet playing now is uh, play, playing uh, music with, you know, controller and uh, being a DJ in a sense. Yeah, no, no, fa very fascinating. And the dancing, was this the uh, techno African house uh, deep music that you're dancing to or a different type of dancing? I, I was dancing by Latin and uh, Latin music, so like uh, salsa, samba, cha-cha, uh, uh, jive. Uh, those kind of right. <laughs> dances, not techno. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was an interesting experience. Yeah. Now we're talking, that's my, that's my music, Mark Anthony and, uh, love salsa and merengue. Yeah. That's my yeah. kind of music. So, you know, I think I'm a good dancer. My wife says that I only have one dance move, but I, I don't know why she says that, but I think I'm a good dancer. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Last, last, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last, last quirky question for you, Lucas, you're going to have to fill in the blank on this one. Okay. In the new Disney channel original lucas is struggling with blank for the first time over the mars i would say <laughs> taking mars, over the, mars the planet mars yeah <laughs> oh okay okay yeah. is that like a big ambition to travel to mars or i guess that's just something uh, that you won't do every day and uh for disney's channel i guess that's a good topic <laughs> to have <laughs> Okay, got you. Okay, so now it's time to uh, to play. How well do you know your fellow Lithuanian? I'm going to send you a video link here through the chat, and uh, you're going to watch the first clip here, and and find out whether or not you can guess any of the answers that your fellow Lithuanian answered to. So first, what I want you to do is once you get the video is okay. play it for the first 30 seconds so you can learn who this person is what they do kind of get a sense of their personality 
And then you're going to pause it at the 31 second mark where you see the pause uh, screen there. So do you have the video in front of you? Yeah. Have you ever heard of CDB? Yeah, for sure. And I guess okay. they're going to find there and those be uh, because of one big ad campaign that happened. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So you know, you know the name, all right. Have yeah. you ever seen her before? Uh, no, physically, no. Well, like, uh, I just saw several videos, I guess, because, yeah, okay. I kind of see to be quite healthy. All right. Well, here's the first question that I asked Pia. And let's see, let's see what your answer is, Lucas. Okay. So mm -hmm. I asked Pia, you know, what would Pia's best friend say her superpower is? Doing great PR stunts. <laughs> great PR stunts? Yeah. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good answer. That's a good answer since you know a little bit about, you know, CDB already. All right. Well, let's see what she said. Go ahead and play the video up until 39 seconds or to where you see pause. <laughs> okay. Interesting. <laughs> so she said manipulating people. So yeah, manipulating people. kind of related because PR stuff <laughs> as well, man manipulating our minds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty close there. Uh, pretty close there. She was pretty candid about it. You know, she was pretty mm. honest about it. You know, most marketers would say, oh, you know, marketing and persuasion and things like that. But she, she, she really, really was truthful about it. Okay. Second question. Can you guess the TV show that Pia can watch again and again and again? What do you think that TV show would be? Friends. Good answer. Good answer. Let's play it. Stop it at 55 seconds or where you see the pause. Okay, that's it. Okay, interesting. That's far. Yeah. Well, so quite far. That's far. For my guess. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Westworld? Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Okay. Is it a show you would watch again and again, Lucas? Uh, I would say not the full show, but... Uh, specific a series uh so there's there were like real interesting moments and discussions about ai but uh, philosophical ones so i really love those i would repeat uh, listening to those again yeah all right I, I need to check it out i haven't seen it yet but according to pia it's first season was great so it's on my yeah game. for sure <laughs> that, that's true it's all the first season <laughs> <laughs> okay uh next question uh that i asked pia Members of Lithuania's social elites are paying thousands of dollars just to experience Pia's blank. What do you think that fill in the blank answer is? Members of Lithuania's social elite are paying thousands of dollars just to experience Pia's what? Many ideas. It's hard to pick one. Uh, Pia's art, maybe? I don't know if she's an artist, but let's. Let's try this one. Artist? Okay, hit play and stop it at a minute 20. And feel free to put the volume up so uh, we can hear it if you can. Okay. Okay. Meetings and one-on-ones. I'm interested, yeah. interested why. Yeah. <laughs> how, how it's connected <laughs> to manipulation strategy. <laughs> that's, that, that's the key. Yeah, when she said that, I said, hey, I want to be included at one of your meetings. Can you invite me? I would just love to just sit in and listen in. But um, she says that her meetings are quite memorable and exciting. So I'm kind of curious myself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, last question. Uh, let's see if you can guess the answer to this one. Instead of flowers, instead of flowers for Valentine's Day, Pia would rather receive what? What do you think, Lucas? Um, Come on, she was all over the the place in this campaign. Everybody knows Pia in Lithuania. You got you got to get one right. Uh, so poster on on the I don't know on like the biggest place and biggest TV screen <laughs> on in Lithuania, something like that. Or like okay, like a big okay, like a big advertisement or a campaign. Let's see what she said. Yeah. Go ahead and hit play here. Uh, <laughs> Okay, simpler one. <laughs> Not too much attention this time. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, bottles of wine, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. bottles of wine. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was it quite funny. It tricked me because I was thinking, you know, something uh, similar to that your stunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So that that was quite funny. And you know what? Next week we're going to see if the guests can correct get, guess any of your answers to the questions that I asked you. Okay, interesting. See how well, yeah, see how well people know Lucas, if they can uh, guess these correct answers based on the information that you provided in the very beginning, and uh, we'll see what they guess. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Um, all right, so let's let's dive into, let's dive into the Turing School, Turing College. I'm quite interested in this. You started this back in 2016. First, it was entrepreneurship programs. We partnered with, with Harvard, it was more like ed tech initiatives. Can you tell us about that? Because I was reading about this. I was fascinated, but it looks like you pivoted uh, recently. But I want to hear about the early beginning. Why did you start it? How did you get the idea? What were the first steps that you took? So for the very beginning, just to start with, uh, when we started in 2016, we as a founders, we are really young and uh, we didn't have a lot of track record. So we were thinking, what would help us to basically get credibility and be more kind of formidable. So what we did, we uh, basically asked the Minister of the Education System to write invitation to Harvard University that we are representing at Lithuania. And we went to Harvard that letter and we gave that letter to uh, kind of Dean of Harvard Engineering Faculty. So they invited the room of like decision makers real fast in, 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 uh, in a one hour, basically we had the room filled with the decision makers from engineer faculty and as well, the, the, the professor, uh, David Mallon, who is kind of rockstar professor of computer science, and they gave us opportunity to do CS50 courses in Europe. So basically, uh, on their behalf, in a sense, uh, to represent and do our CS50 program as a nonprofit organization. So that was huge, and this is what helped us to get credibility and kick uh, kick off first courses. So um, that that was it. So we were doing a lot of nonprofit uh, kids and adult education up to 2020, uh, and that year we decided that basically that is quite interesting, and we can make local impact with such initiatives, but we won't build sustainable educational analogy concept that would help thousands and millions of people. So with that idea, we did the pivot and we started um, profit-seeking entity during college, which is an online 
um, data science coding platform for people to get career in, in, in tech. So um, this is how it went from which is basically a nonprofit doing a lot of, you know, uh, uh, interesting uh, small uh, educational initiatives to more kind of sustainable uh, entity and activity venture that we're doing now. It sounds like things move pretty fast. Were you surprised at the speed at how things uh, were, were moving during this time? Yeah, uh, because the timing was uh, in a parallel with COVID uh, quarantine. So that was a lot of changes generally in the, in the, in the society and uh, in the business dynamic uh, aspect. So meaning that uh, users' behavior changed a lot in just in several months and how they especially how they were learning because, you know, all the people before COVID were more on having physical you know, offline type of education. And then there were, were just any options for you to learn physically and online became just the mainstream version of learning. So that was really helpful for us as well to rethink our model. And we started online school because of that, because before the COVID, we were thinking to do everything offline. So, um, so that happened a lot, like pivoting, small pivots, like not huge pivots, but pivots on, you know, how we do the education, how we, uh, prize the, the courses, et cetera, those kind of things change really fast. And as well, we got into Y Combinator, which, uh, you know, it didn't help with being stable. <laughs> so, uh, so we changed a lot of things in the process and, uh, and created wow. college. How did you get re recruit new students to sign up for the, uh, the school? What were some of the methods that you used? One thing was that really helped us, uh, that was basically our prior experience and brand as a touring in Lithuania. So we had all the people that went through our courses already. So we just used that network and word of mouth to invite people and get traction. Secondly, as well, we use traditional acquisition channels, but generally what works the best is basically recommendations and, um, successful stories. So, uh, that was the main source of traction for us. And, and uh, it is now as well, and there'll be a for future for sure. How many course instructors do you have, uh, that are, that are currently in the college that are teaching uh, classes? Currently it's over 10 and growing. Um, so we are scaling our course offerings, so we will have more and more. And, uh, 2022, we plan to have about 30 of them, something like that. Okay. Are the courses all live or are some of the courses on demand or is it a mixture of both? It's mostly on, not mostly, it's all of them are on demand and how it works during college, the concept is that students enroll into course and they get uh, pre-recorded material. So there's no lectures, not kind of, of old school teaching. So we get everything you, you spend your time, you do the projects on your schedule. And once you finish the projects, you can schedule one on once with professional, you know, instructors and they will give personal feedback, uh, because that's super important. Uh, the most value we get is from one-on-ones and like specific tutoring hours, not just basically sitting in a class and listening how someone is explaining things because you can do that on your own with pre-recorded material. Okay. So we leverage that. Yeah, no, fascinating. And so now currently, uh, is there any sort of tuition? Because the way I read this is that, um, students get a job instead of getting a diploma 
And so now I'm wondering, do students pay anything or do they kick back some of their uh, salary towards the school once they start working? Like, how does that work? What is that, that model? So we apply income share agreements. So this is basically the abstraction, how the uh, income sharing works and how we price people. So people pay nothing upfront when they start to college if they choose that specific uh, tuition option. And once they are, are hired and get, are getting salary higher than specific cap, uh, they only then start paying us uh, about 20% of their uh, monthly salary until as well specific cap is paid off. Uh, so this is like the model that aligns incentives for, from both sides. Um, we switched from that model. Uh, we now have a lot of scholarships available, which are basically established by leading employers because they see the value and uh, of our graduates and they want to be the first ones that hire those students. So now students even can uh, apply for free and be selected to learn for free and then get hired by, by, by the company. So our vision is for the future is basically that students won't pay anything to us, but companies would cover the tuition fees. So that is this division that we are trying to implement. Okay. So are they obligated to go work for that company if they take a scholarship that is provided by that company? No, uh, but how it works is that uh, students should have motivation uh, and interest to start a career in specific tech staff or like uh, specialization. And there are a lot of companies that are looking for those specialists. And uh, we as well demand from the student side to be active and meet specific learning goals. So we are quite sure if the student progress with specific speed and will do those projects, company will hire even in the middle of the, uh, of the course, that student, because the supply and demand is super, like the, uh, the, the supply is really poor and the demand from the company perspective is super high and they are looking for great talent. So there is no need yeah, even the- to, for us to, to push students to go to specific companies. Companies are just, you know, interested having access to uh, um, additional super great talent pool and uh, pick on their own and students as well should be interested to work in that specific company. Yeah, now this is this is great. Are the companies uh, primarily or all the companies primarily Lithuanian companies or are you also attracting companies outside of Lithuania? Many of them, like hiring partners that we have, have offices in Lithuania, but like 80% of them are international companies. So, uh, meaning that they have many offices in Europe as well, but in the United States, the Indonesia, for instance, Latin America. So, uh, that, that is like the mix and our students are working all around Europe in different companies. So we have students now from Netherlands, Poland, Latvia, Ireland, Nigeria. So, so as well, we're expanding, uh, high partners network in those specific ecosystems as well. Okay. And what is, what was the hardest obstacle to get to this point? You know, when you were, when you were launching this, when you were building this, putting this together, uh, what was the toughest challenge that you had to deal with and overcome, Lucas? One thing for sure was, uh, proving that our educational courses and concept is working and people can get jobs with the promises that we gave in the very beginning. Um, so that was one of the challenges and you won't, you know, People just won't take your word for granted, uh, and they need just to see the concrete examples and the results. 
So it took time to build that track record because people are learning about eight, nine, ten months. So when we started, we just needed to wait. And that waiting is really, I would say, stressful <laughs> because there's a lot of, you know, uh, variables that you cannot predict and are not dependent on you, but more on the student side. And you can do everything excellently, but, you know, if students have some problems personally, you know, you can be MIT, Harvard, I know the best professor in the world, but, you know, that's, it won't do anything to help that student. You can, cannot do anything. So that was difficulties that we had, but uh, now everything uh, is, is, is proven already and our students are placed, who graduate are placed 100% in the market. So, so everyone got the job uh, in, the, in the data science. Love this idea. You know, I'm still paying my student loan that I got back, you know, 15 years ago. And uh, I love this new model, the fact that a student can learn and if they can learn new skills, they can get, you know, almost almost kind of like guaranteed a job, um, you know, in the data science field or engineering field. And they're not, you know, they're, they're not, they don't have to carry this weight of student loan debt. And so what you're doing is fascinating. I hope to see many more models like this everywhere. Um, it's something that I'm going to be pushing my, my kids towards, uh, this new model. And, and it's, you know, many parents say study hard so you can go to, you know, an Ivy League school. Um, you know, I, I, I have a different mindset. You're, I have the mindset that you're exactly thinking, go learn new skills and, you know, a company will pay you either to learn those new skills or you just get a job and you, pay back some of the money, you know, for a certain amount of time and you don't have to worry about a huge burden uh, that you have to carry for many, many years uh, with an interest rate because Uncle Sam doesn't forget if I were to happen, if I were to happen to die, that debt actually goes to my wife and she has to pay it. So uh, it's a big Quite burden huge. here. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's a big burden in, this, in the in the States. So another question for you is um, what other things do you want to do, Lucas? This is a pretty ambitious goal that you seem to have you know taken on the challenge you're making it a success you're quite young what else are you thinking about like in either in the near future or maybe five years from now that you want to tackle going to going to mars overtaking mars or what <laughs> no mars is let's let's keep mars for uh, elon <laughs> i just want to <laughs> uh, in, in my like Little like there's, of course, long-term, short-term goals, but uh, in upcoming future, the goal is basically as well to find just really clear, clear product market fit with the model that we are uh, experimenting. Because as well as I mentioned, our vision is that education for students would be free of charge totally. And this is really hard to implement and it requires, you know, a lot of experimenting and finding ways how to attract companies uh, and to urge them to pay, not students. Um, so that is quite a challenge. And we are spending a lot of time thinking about innovations, hooks, anchors, psychological, economical, all those kind of things, how to hook a uh, company. So, so the short term goal is super simple uh, to find product market fit uh, and uh, scale to the thousands of students because now we have close to 100. Uh, and we want to scale to other European Union countries first and as well then go to Africa, for instance, because we had uh, 15 students from Nigeria, and those are excellent students. Uh, all of them got jobs in Europe, almost all of them. Several of them uh, stayed in Nigeria, but I see so many 
potential year for people to get quality education. Uh, and those ecosystems are only beginning to raise and con uh, construct themselves. Uh, so I see that those initiatives as ours could be game changer for those economies to grow. And as well, people like Nigeria has close to 300 million citizens. So there's like two thirds of Europe. So, uh, and, and education quality is, isn't really poor, um, and, and unequal there. So vision is to go here, uh, and provide equal opportunities for high level data science tech education. Uh, yeah, that, that is short term, long term, I would say connecting each other. Lucas, that's awesome. You truly are, uh, you're changing, you know, people's lives and, um, you know, the vision that you have that it, it could impact beyond. Uh, Lithuania to regions of the world where there's this huge population that don't have the access, they have the desire, they have the hunger, you know, they're willing to put in the effort and time. Um, so I, I commend you for it. I, I think it's very admirable. Last question. Do you have a motto or a favorite quote that you live by? Because <laughs> Yeah, it's in the back of uh, <laughs> my room. Memento Mori. Stoic what I would say, Marcus Aurelius is a propagator of that itself. Uh, but yeah, just simply remember the, remember that uh, this day could be the last day of your life and uh, embrace it with the full potential. Love it. Okay. I enjoyed it very much. All right, Lucas, thank you so much for being on the show. Everybody listening, you enjoy this episode. Feel free to hit that subscribe button and join our newsletter on innovatorsbelaugh.com. I'll be back you with that next week. This is Eric saying goodbye. and. Uh, have a, have a wonderful 2022. Cheers. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate it if you could give us a review and star rating. Also, don't forget to sign up for the ICO newsletter at innovatorscanlaugh.com where you can get the bio and details of each guest. Thank